Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Entrepreneur Podcast. The podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago. What did you think of last week's episode? My conversation with Tony Dean. I always like speaking with him. I always learn a lot. And as you know, I've, I've been trying to understand what it's like to be running an indie company. And uh, it's something that we don't have a lot of inf information about. Uh, our the information we have is always around VC-backed companies, these big unicorn companies, you know, your Facebooks, your Teslas. But I've been discovering that the indie way, the, our indie lifestyle uh, is a bit different. We put freedom and our happiness on top of money which I really like, to be honest. I and, and more and more, we are realizing that it's important that we, the founders, set our own terms and our own deadlines. Recently, Joan and I had um, a very interesting uh, conversation. So as you know, we have been um, conducting these interviews with business partners. If you don't know, now you know. The idea of the business partner, and that I'm sure that I already shared here, is to basically get a special affiliate. Uh, so instead of giving only 25%, we give 40% of our sales. Actually, we pay more to our business partners than the money we actually get. And by doing that, we hope our idea was to basically create a sales team that would be selling pot squeeze for us. So far, I have to say, it hasn't been working great. Um, we onboarded two business partners, but they made, I think, zero sales. So I've been kind of uh, already thinking on giving up on this idea because we tried it, this didn't work. And to be honest, João, my co-founder, he was always very skeptical about it. And he said, ah, yeah, I don't think it will work. But, you know, we always have to try. And I, I was really, I had a lot of faith in, in this idea. So we tried it. And yeah, I was about to, to give up, but recently we got uh, contacted by uh, someone from France, someone with a lot of experience in, uh, in the podcasting world. And we had a very nice conversation. He seemed to be very enthusiastic. And there was only one issue, one little uh, red flag that got uh, Jean and, my, and myself uh, a little bit worried, which was it seemed that he completely controlled the conversation. And you can see it in two ways. One way is, okay, this person is really passionate and is going to make great a lot of sales for, for us. And on the other hand, you can also think that this person is going to give us a lot of work and setting deadlines because in the end, he was already telling us a lot of things that we should do. You know, you should set this up and you should send me this email. And I know, Joe and I, when we finished this conversation, we just had a chat together and we were thinking, yeah, something doesn't add up. Some, something is not working great here. And I think it was that, the fact that suddenly we lost control of our own company and suddenly our lifestyle uh, was being threatened. And um, I don't know. It's funny because the more... I am into learning about entrepreneurship. And that's, by the way, 
why I have this podcast and why it's called Wanna Be Entrepreneur, right? It's, it's because I I want to learn how to become the best entrepreneur. And I have my own way of being and I, I have my own personality. I, I avoid conflicts most of the times. And uh, as as I'm starting here and, and since I the beginning of my indie journey, I realized that I need to be even a little bit more competitive. I, I see myself not only in in the entrepreneurship, but really, I don't know, playing games, whatever. I, I see my competitive competitiveness side kind of bubbling up. And uh, I'm always, I, I love competition. I have to be honest. I, I I love doing sports that promote competition, uh, healthy competition, obviously. Uh, for instance, I, I don't like running. I don't like going to the gym because I don't have this competitiveness side of it. Uh, otherwise, uh, I love doing sports, playing soccer and, and I don't know, sailing when, when it was like races and, and even Muay Thai and everything. All of this, there's a component of, you know, competition. And I love that. But I see myself now more um, competitive and, and, and trying to somehow be more assertive. And as I, I gain more success uh, with, with Pod Squeeze and, and with my project, I feel more confident to somehow be more assertive. And, and the same with, with Joao. Uh, we had a very interesting conversation about that and, and maybe one day we'll we'll do it also here in the pod but yeah he's also telling me that he feels more confident in himself and he also for the first time he's having a really nice healthy lifestyle because he's able to tune down his work and now he basically works whenever whenever he pleases so uh when i when we kind of lost control of that conversation that's what i felt i felt that maybe i should be more assertive i should have regained that and i should be um, setting on my, our own terms instead of uh, the other way around. And this person is a bit older, and I don't know. He, he kind of got. Uh, we lost a little bit track on on that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me know what you think. On uh, send me a message at wbtiag on Twitter. Uh, do you think that uh, a good businessman needs to be assertive uh, and needs to have this this personality and not be afraid to um, you know have conflicts? Or the other way around. Um, actually, recently there was all, another uh, situation in my personal life that made me think about this, which was, so my partner and I, we are renting a flat here in Lisbon. And as you know, if you are uh, around at least Europe, um, the housing, like renting a house is extremely expensive nowadays. It's really expensive. Like buying a house in general, like the whole market is really, really expensive. And here in Portugal, um, we were renting a house for... Uh, I think two years now, yeah, and uh, we're paying around nine hundred bucks, which is still good, and uh, especially when we were renting when we first rented two years ago, nine hundred was 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 a good um, amount. Obviously, it was not super cheap, but it was nice. But now, when we try to find a flat in the same area, if you want to rent it again, there's nothing short than uh, fifteen hundred, which is crazy. You know, it, it's growing a lot. So yeah, we were um, kind of reassured because we, we knew that we had this this house and or this flat rather, and uh, we we knew as well that our contract was about to end uh, now in the end of uh, in this in this year. But we thought that it would just be renewed. Uh, our landlord didn't say anything. So just uh, to make sure, we sent a message to our landlord and say, "Hey, uh, our contract is going to be renewed, right?" And she said, "No." <laughs> She didn't. Uh, she didn't uh, warn us. She said, "Like no, you need you need to get out." Um, and then we just ran uh, to our laptops to kind of 
read uh, or reread the contract, and there was a little clause saying, yeah, non-renewable, which is crazy. It seems such a new move, but when I look at it, uh, when we looked at it for the first time, we didn't even consider it because we thought, okay, it just says this, but normally everyone renews it, and we thought that the law was protecting us. Uh, apparently, it's not. We we consulted a, a lawyer for the first time. I've never done this before. Consulted a lawyer, and then they, they told us, yeah, no, sorry, uh, you, you need to leave. There's nothing you can do because it says non-renewable. Um, so, yeah, this also kind of confirmed two things that I had uh, in my mind. First of all, never do business with people that you don't fully trust. And from the beginning, we didn't fully trust uh, this landlord. Uh, she's very cold and um, and flexible. It was really hard. Every time, like, when we had problems here, she would never try to fix it. She was like, yeah, you fix it yourself. Um, but we were so uh, excited about this flat because of the price and the location, everything. We really liked it that we kind of ignored that. So that's the first lesson I have. And I think I'll just take it wherever I go when I'm doing business, which is uh, never do business with person, a people, a people, wow, <laughs> with a person that you do not trust, uh, even if it seems like a great deal. Uh, I guess there's little nuances here. If it's a one-time business, let's say you buy one thing once and you just make sure everything is fine. But if it's like a long-term business, like a flat where you depend on this person, uh, don't do it. And if you're going to do it, please consult a lawyer. I think uh, from now on, that's also my lesson. Uh, I always had this idea that like having a lawyer looking, it would be super expensive. I mean, yeah, we did pay 80 bucks to have the lawyer to read our, our contract, but I think it's worth it. You know, just pay 80 bucks, uh, send the contract their way, and they will in immediately explain to you and, and, and show you the, the red flags and everything. So, yeah, uh, I also thought, that uh, and, and going back a little bit to our conversation with with this uh, business partner, yeah, I we didn't know. I don't know if I can trust this person, right? So immediately that makes me think, okay, red flag there. Uh, and then we're wond wondering, shall we go for it? Because you might be losing a great opportunity just because you don't trust it. But again, uh, it's the same as the flat. We might have lost a great opportunity and it was great uh, two years of our lives, even even though the landlord was uh, not the most amicable person. But at the same time, yeah, uh, now we are in this weird situation where we have to leave and, and we need to find another flat and everything. So yeah, that's uh, kind of what I've been thinking about and, and thinking on how our personality should be as uh, business people. At the same time, I have been in this kind of hybrid mode with uh, some holidays and uh, and uh, working. And I, I've I think every year I tell you this, which is uh, I I shouldn't I don't like this because I always try. Okay, I'll go for holidays and still work, but I end up not doing uh, any. Uh, I think this time I was able to relax much more because I'm I'm making money, <laughs> so that makes uh, things much easier. I was able to like disconnect more, but. Um, I've been also thinking about the community a lot and uh, what should we do about it. I I really don't know. I, I love the community still. I think it's a place where people go when they are feeling alone. If you are an indie maker, that's the main thing. And there's been always this 
kind of um, battle of what is the purpose of the community. A lot of people go to this community because they want to take value. So they want to learn about a specific skill like marketing or building a product. And others go there because they just want to hang out and meet other indie makers. And now that I'm saying this out loud, I know that the best users of our community are the ones that go there to make friends, are the ones that go there when they are feeling lonely. And they don't want necessarily to go there and just collect information from people and, and collect knowledge from people. No, they just want to hang out. So I think that's that should be, I guess, what I my my focus, what I should focus on, which is this is the place to make friends. And if you want a place where you want to learn about marketing or or coding or whatever, maybe just find another community or or, or find a course or something. It doesn't, of course, that you learn a lot. I learn a lot from from the folks in the community, but it shouldn't be its main priority. And with that said, I've been thinking as well on if I should change our uh, business model. So so far, we are doing uh, um, this kind of you SaaS or not SaaS, sorry, this is a subscription. So you pay every month, and I also start thinking, I don't know, like. It's weird because these people, a lot of them kind of became my friends. I like them. And it's weird to like be asking them for money for two years already, right? So they pay 10 bucks every every month for two years. And that's already like 200 bucks. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they also take some value out of this, of course. But it feels weird, <laughs> you know? So I, that's why I've been thinking, okay, what I should do is instead of asking for money, Every month, I should ask for one-time payment. And a lot of communities do this, by the way. Uh, Peter Levels, Nomad List community does this. You just pay once. You go there, you pay like 200 bucks or 100 bucks, and you get access for life. And I don't know, does it make sense? Does it, does it not? Uh, my idea would be, okay, we do this. All the people that already have been paying for more than two years, now they have it for free. You don't, they don't need to pay anymore. And uh, of course, that this will cut my MRR. All right, so maybe business-wise doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, but at the same time, I'll, I'll feel more confident about it. And and uh, yeah, and I think is that I'm afraid that they might lose interest uh, on on the community because they're not paying monthly. I asked this around. I asked this in the community. They said no. That they said they would still go and and use it. So yeah, something to think about. Uh, I've been also uh, converting. My guide, I created a guide a long time ago, a notion kind of form that people could, it's a step-by-step guide uh, to to help people bootstrap their projects. And now we are converting it into an ebook, so like a PDF that is easier to read. And I have, I don't know, I'm still like forming my, my ideas, but first I was trying to think, okay, maybe I can make this collection of, you know, like a, a bunch of ebooks and stuff like that and gather all this information plus the access of the community and and sell it as a bundle and people just pay it once and get access and everything. So maybe this could be a good idea. Maybe this this could be how uh, I would take the community, you know. Um, yeah, I've also thought that maybe I could just get the money and, and share the money with, with the members or the more active members or create like a fund for indie hackers that every, I would just get this money and every month give it to an indie hacker or something like this. This could be interesting as well. I don't know, a lot of ideas that I have. If you have any suggestions, uh, let me know. You can also join the community, by the way. You can join it for free. 
And if you want to uh, interact with others and, and send messages, then you pay 10 bucks uh, per month at, at the moment. I don't know if I'll change this. But you will be also supporting this podcast because that, that would be the idea. You know, the community was a way it initially started from this podcast. But yeah, that's basically it. I don't have uh, much more to say. Uh, next week, I will have another interview uh, with the founder of uh, Ghostly. And uh, it's a very interesting one. I think it was a really interesting conversation in the same genre as the one with Tony Dean, trying to understand how people that are making tons of money uh, with their indie projects kind of run their companies. So that will be it. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Wannabe Entrepreneur uh, podcast and make sure as well to share it with all of your, of your friends and, and tag it on Twitter. My Twitter is uh, WBTiago. I reached 3,000 followers on Twitter <laughs> this, this week, which is great. Uh, so yeah, make sure to go there and say hi and uh, yeah that's it this was another wannabe entrepreneur see you next time <laughs>